This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 12, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama says we have to reject a politics that seeks to manipulate, prejudice, or bias and targets people because of religion. But at least two executive agencies appear not to have taken that message to heart. So says Patrick Eddington, a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Civil Liberties at the Cato Institute. I'm trying to remember uh, in the days following September 11, 2001, George W. Bush was very clear about trying to uh, draw a distinction between uh, Muslims as a group and radical Islamic terrorism. Yes. And uh, was Barack Obama seems like has had a harder time trying to uh, keep that distinction alive. Well, to be fair, even as the president was um – President Bush was speaking at that particular event and and trying to draw that distinction. Um, the Departments of Justice uh, and uh, Immigration and Nationalization Service at that time, this was before we had a Department of Homeland Security, were conducting a series of roundups in this country of folks who uh, had allegedly overstayed their visas. They just all happen to be basically Muslims. So it's a little bit of an inconsistency there. But there's no question that President Obama uh, in his uh, speech at the uh, Baltimore uh, Islamic Society in early February of, of 2016 was really trying to go out of his way to reassure a group of folks in this country who I think based on my personal experience and, and interaction with the leaders of these organizations, certainly uh, feel very much under siege. And that's understandable in light of the events that have taken place here. Unfortunately, the Obama administration has been engaged in a series of policy actions for the last five years that really kind of undermine that entire uh, speech that the president gave. And this all falls under the rubric of, of what's come to be known as, quote, countering violent extremism. Uh, end quote. And the problem is there's no actual agreed upon definition of, of what that phrase even means. But what it has come to mean, in essence, through policies that have been enacted by the Department of Homeland Security and now the Department of Justice and some others, is a focus on Arab and Muslim Americans in this country and basically a belief that there is an excess level of extremism in those particular communities compared to the rest of the population. The problem is there's no scientific basis for that assessment. All right. And, and so what is he, what's he rooting that assessment in? Well, I think that's part of the problem, right? I mean, this started in, in Britain, actually, uh, not long after the tragic bombings uh, there in 2005 when the Brits instituted their own countering violent extremism program called PREVENT. And again, the focus was on the Arab and Muslim American or Arab and Muslim British community. And the thesis essentially was that there is a predictable set of behaviors that will tell you whether or not someone is going to become a violent extremist. And again, there is no scientific basis for that at all, none. And what's really ironic is that in 2008, the Manchester Guardian got its hands on an internal British MI5, it's the British Security Service, their domestic uh, intelligence service, report that looked at all of these cases of extremism that have popped up, including the ones that ultimately culminated in violence. And they found no pattern. They found no pattern of behavior that would tell you that person A is going to become a terrorist if they've been doing these five or six or ten things, and person B is not going to become a terrorist. And we've managed to import that completely flawed program right over here to the United States. 
if you're a high-ranking public official, it behooves you to have nothing bad happen on your watch. And there are actions that you might take that are questionable in terms of protecting the liberties of Americans in order to make sure that nothing happens on that watch. It, it seems like an almost inevitable seduction for uh, policymakers to engage in this type of broad brush thinking when it comes to uh, any groups that may contain people who are uh, violent. And it's really interesting when you kind of look at the historical contrast here, because we've had this domestic terrorist organization called the Ku Klux Klan with us since just right after the Civil War, right? But there was no creation of a so-called countering violent extremism program within the U.S. government until 2011, which is when the current administration, you know, launched this particular effort. So nothing like this post-Oklahoma City uh, and so on and so forth. And I think that's that's what really makes this fundamentally problematic. The, one of the two things that make it problematic. First, it goes to the heart, essentially, of using government resources to discriminate against or otherwise single out particular groups on the basis of their race, religion, national origin, et cetera. Uh, and, and the second thing is, and these, these things always seem to go together. It's really fascinating. The second thing is it's totally ineffective. You know, it doesn't work. And it's ironic, I think, and striking, at least for me, the number of these so-called security-related programs that we can look at that violate people's rights, waste taxpayer money, and accomplish absolutely nothing. It's, it's astonishing how consistent the pattern is. Do you suspect that some of this is uh, a reaction, a uh, responsiveness to xenophobia or a, a responsiveness to... You mentioned the Ku Klux Klan. They've been around the United States for a long time. Uh, these are, at best, misguided people. Yes. And uh, perhaps the Americans are like, oh, well, I know about them. I know why they feel the way that they do. It's terrible. Eh. But this other group seems, seems new and seems uh, novel. And I think that that's certainly a part of it. And as with almost any kind of so-called public emergency, politicians always feel the need to be, quote, doing something, end quote, right? Unfortunately, whenever people in government feel the need to, quote, do something, almost always terrible things happen because they don't think these things through or they're responding to a particular passion of the moment. This is how we got the Patriot Act. You know, there was no critical self-examination of how those attacks happened, those 9-11 attacks happened, until literally months and years after the Patriot Act itself was passed. But as we know, the Patriot Act has not stopped a single attack on this country. And, and that's the other part of the problem that we have here, is that there is no effort to kind of take a step back and ask the question, what's really going to work here? You know, it's not just going to be, you know, any particular thing. In order to be effective against these kinds of, of terrorist threats, you have to be specific. You've got to actually get inside the organizations themselves. And that's the fundamental problem we have right now is that things like electronic surveillance, CVE, all the rest of that, these are the, the quick and easy things essentially for politicians to do rather than the intelligent and more thoughtful things that actually need to be done. And those 
frankly, in many cases, don't require as many resources. I think that's exactly right. You know, we're, we're turning around and we're spending literally billions of taxpayer dollars to build these massive data centers for the National Security Agency and other agencies involved uh, in surveillance. And we know that the analysts that work in these agencies are literally drowning in information. So it's getting away from that very specific focus, targeted focus on real bad guys uh, that's helping to drive an awful lot of these these kinds of problems. Describe the mandate of the Office of Community Partnerships under uh, the Homeland Security Department. Well, last fall, Secretary of Homeland Security Jay Johnson announced the creation of this particular entity, the Office of Community Partnerships. And it sounds very innocuous on the surface, DHS wanting to ostensibly work with communities to try to improve public safety and security. The problem is that that office is focused, again, exclusively on the Arab and Muslim American community. So it simply is reinforcing this notion that the problem, the violence problem, the domestic violence problem that's politically motivated in this country is flowing exclusively from the Arab and Muslim American community. And of course, that's false. We know that that's not true. But again, this mentality has kind of taken hold. And you also have the Department of Justice last fall, basically at the same time, announcing the creation of a domestic counterterrorism council. Something else that's unprecedented, also unneeded in my view, again, focused almost exclusively on the Arab and Muslim American community. So we have some real problems here, um, a lot of fuzzy-headed thinking that's leading to the violations of people's rights, and just another manifestation, essentially, of, of what we refer to as security theater. And to, to what extent does, does that effort feed a lot of the narratives of people who would like to do harm to the U.S.? Well, I don't think there's any question that it's going to be a useful recruiting tool uh, for, for those who really want to do harm to the United States, who actually do exist overseas. I mean, it feeds into this narrative that America is, in fact, at war with Islam and with Muslims, and that um, this kind of program, in the end, is only going to help to feed that. And what I fear is that since the omnibus that was just passed includes essentially money for this very effort, we're now seeing it you know, be kind of set in stone. And I think that any time that the federal government creates an entity and the media kind of latches onto it and the media reports on it, it somehow legitimizes that entity in the minds of an awful lot of folks. And that's what's going to make it very, very difficult if folks don't begin to take action now to try to you know, call out these policies for what they are, which is unconstitutional, discriminatory, and ineffective. Patrick Eddington is a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Civil Liberties at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.